SAFM setting the nationwide agenda daily. Well, our final conversation of the day is going to focus on the palliative healthcare sector. Now, the Hospice Palliative Care Association has been working together with different organizations to come up with uh, safety standards and care standards for uh, the sector. Iwa Skoranska is the CEO of the Hospice Palliative Care Association and joins me now. Iwa, good morning. Good morning, Kati. Thank you very much for having me. It's a pleasure to have you on. Firstly, let's talk about some of the challenges that you have identified uh, when it comes to the organizations operating in your sector. Well, first of all, uh, we develop those standards because this is the only comprehensive set of internationally accredited standards in, that exist in South Africa. Mm. And uh, I think it's in order to provide quality palliative care, it is extremely important to follow the standards. So, uh, and we at the moment are the only organization who are actually um, guided by the standards. We have the special system that is star one to four when the hospices go through self-assessment tool and then we provide the mentorship for them so they could move from one level to another until they're ready for the COSASA international um, external assessment and then they progress to level five uh, when they're given the certificate and recognition award from COSASA. So as you mentioned, we developed those standards together with the Council for Health Service Accreditation of South Africa, which is COSASA, but then they further um, accredited by the Global Authority of Standards, mm-hmm. which is the International Society for Quality in Healthcare External Evaluation Association. Mm-hmm. So it's it's a huge achievement. Uh, we're the only country in Africa that have it, and um, the only organization that is using it at the moment. What does this mean for the hospices that already exist in South Africa without having gone through any accreditation processes? So um, what I would say that any hospice, and I would say that also for um, families and patients who look for the uh, care that hospice can provide, that those are reputable organizations. What it means is that the hospice is registered under recognized body, such as uh, Hospice Palliative Care Association. Because when um, hospice become our member, then criteria for the membership are aligned with the standards requirements. Mm-hmm. So we know for sure from the beginning that uh, if someone is our member, has to follow the standards. Mm-hmm. So that, that would be my, um, my advice to people who look for the hospice care. What are some of the things that you have discovered, uh, especially when it comes to the work that you do at different hospices and, you know, they're not necessarily meeting some of the standards that are there? So uh, we sometimes get a lot of complaints from hospices who are actually not our, uh, from patients who um, receive care from hospices who are not our members. And then Mm -hmm. we have to explain that actually they do not belong to us. They're not member organizations. Mm -hmm. Uh, And sometimes, in fact, that uh, that care could be not professional. But obviously I cannot speak for, for those because we're working with 
specifically with the member organizations uh, for the last three decades, and we provide excellent care. Mm-hmm. And the care that is provided not only actually for an IPU unit at the hospice, but at home. 97% of our care is provided through multidisciplinary team of doctors, nurses, social workers who mm. are trained in palliative care, mm. and that care is provided at home. So those standards do apply for both care that is provided within the inpatient units, but also home-based care. Mm. Mm. And so that's that's what the public often doesn't know about, that mm. they can receive that excellent ho- um, care at home. Mm. Mm. And, and, you know, palliative care is, is something that, families often have to think long and hard about before they choose the option of of, of going through it. What are some of the considerations that people need to make when when taking the step? So I think there's a lot of myth, unfortunately, about what palliative care is, and it's associated with dying. And now that people often don't go to hospices because they think it's the last stop. This is completely uh, untrue. Palliative care starts with diagnosis of any life-threatening or life-limiting illness, such as cancer or HIV or any other non-communicable chronic diseases. And it's all about quality of life and well-being of patients but but also their families. So it helps people to live fully and well for as long as people live. And so sometimes it's for many years. Uh, So hospice, uh, through through this multidisciplinary team, provides very holistic quality care, Um, starting from clinical care, like relief from symptoms um, such as pain, but also psychosocial care, spiritual Mm -hmm. care, Mm -hmm. and bereavement care. Mm -hmm. And again, it's for patients and the family. So that's why it's so holistic and so important. Mm -hmm. Oftentimes, uh, people feel bad, families feel bad for wanting to take their loved ones into a hospice for care. They feel that, you know, they're abandoning them and that they they should rather be taking care of them at home. At which point do you advise families to consider taking on palliative care? So they don't have to take that decision themselves. Mm. They can just come to us and talk to us and we will come and evaluate patients at home. And often, as I say, we provide that care at home so the patient doesn't have to be in the hospice. Only when there is uh, conditions that we cannot provide at home, which is uh, sometimes uh, mm-hmm. at the end of life, but sometimes not, then uh, the patient has to come to IPU units. But the whole idea is uh, uh, that patient is provided um, uh, with all this care at home. And so people should actually go to the hospice as soon as someone has this life-threatening illness Mm. at the very beginning and talk to us Mm. because then we design the plan and they might be surprised that actually all that care can be provide, provided at home. Mm, mm. And, 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 and it sounds to me that there are different ways in which, you know, families can be working together with hospices just to provide the best care possible uh, to, to, to whoever the patient might be. Absolutely. And I mm. think this, this, those other components other than clinical that we provide, which is psychosocial, spiritual and bereavement, Bereavement, not only at the end of life, but bereavement uh, 
when you are, um, you know, diagnosed with um, life-threatening disease. It is a process when you have to accept it by you and your family. Mm. And we help with that. We assist with that. So uh, that's why it's such a holistic and beautiful care. And we, we look at it, every single aspect of that. Uh, we're talking about palliative care with Iwa Skoronska. Uh, she's the CEO of the Hospice Palliative Care Association. We're learning a bit more about the sector. So are they doing work to try and standardize some of the practices in the sector? And of course, uh, it's through their organization that has been able to get this international accreditation and they are able to certify different organizations who then want to provide or are providing um, that service in South Africa. Uh, Of course, I'm keen to hear from you. Perhaps you have some specific questions for Ewa. You might also have a family members or relatives who are at uh, some of these hospices and you'd have uh, specific questions to her in, in terms of the standard of care that you can and should be expecting uh, from hospices. So I'll take those calls on 011-714-2006 on the WhatsApp line. It's 0614-104-107. We'll take a quick break and I'll back, I'm back with your calls after this. Conversations that you connect with and react to. SAFM. You're live on The Talking Point. A pleasure uh, to have you with us on the show. And we're taking a look at, uh, you know, the palliative care center. These are mainly hospices that provide all different types of uh, care to patients. And uh, we are in conversation with Ewa Skowronska. Uh, she's the CEO of the Hospice Palliative Care Association. We're talking about, you know, the improvement of standards in that sector and at different hospices. Uh, Colin from Cape Town, you're calling us. Uh, good morning. Good morning, Kathy, and good morning to your guests. Kathy, you know, it's, it's, it's not actually true when people talk about once you go to hospice, that's the end of you. Mm. I, uh, since, uh, well, let's see, 2017 to 2018 in December, I lost three members of my family with cancer. Mm. Okay. And uh, the hospice used to come and help and check up and see how you are down. And when I see the pressure is a bit too much for the, the husband or the wife that's looking after the patient at home, they even took the patient in for a week to give a bit of breathing space to whoever's looking after the patient at home. Mm. They are so helpful, Kathy, Kathy, mm. that um, they know when you are burnt out at home, they even come to your house. They supply you with uh, adult napkins and things like that. They mm. do a great job. So it's not to say once you go to hospice, you'll never come back. Because I've had family members that went there for a week to give the other family member a break. Mm. And then come mm. home and still live another year or two. Yeah. Keep up the good work, hospice. Well, Colin, Thanks, Colin that's, that's actually, uh, you know, that that's an interesting way of also doing it. Uh, you know, being able just because... Be taking care of of loved ones who who are ill is also you know it's quite draining. It's a tiring and, job. Yeah, yeah, especially yeah. especially if the person uh, needs um, like a twenty four seven, and you are uh, say a wife mm. already in your sixties mm. to turn that body around to to put ointment on for bed sores and things mm. like that. Mm. every single day. 
a text a toll on on that person. So I take my hat off to hospitals that see that and take the patient for a week and look after the the patient for a week. All right, Colin, thank you so much for calling Thanks in very much. and for sharing your own personal experiences okay. uh, with with uh, hospices. Ewa, do, do, you, do you have anything to say to that? No, it's just thank you very much for mm. calling to share that because, in fact, again, it's not about dying. It's about mm. assisting patients with the best quality of life as soon as possible. And as I say, that sometimes uh, is for years. Sometimes is for the shorter period of time. Depends on depends on the disease. Mm. But people really do not know that we mostly provide that care at home through the multidisciplinary team. So it's very high quality care that is at patients' uh, bed uh, at home with the family. Mm. And yet, if the patient needs to uh, actually enter inpatient in units or or if it's just for let the family brief, as Colin said, for a week, then, then we will take the patient in. But uh, once the patient recovers, is back at home. Mm. So it's just this complete um, misunderstanding of how the hospice functions. Of course, you know, one of the other, one, one of the other myths that um, often circulates is the risk of abuse that families might be opening the door to when they take patients uh, to to hospices. Um, you know, where you hear these horrible stories of some people not being given food for days on end, not being bathed and, and, and things like that. So I'm not sure which are, which uh, cases you talk about. Are you talking about the trail cases? Because, uh, as I said again, mm. unfortunately, hospice uh, as a name, we don't have the patent for that. So mm. anybody can open the hospice and say, I'm hospice. And that's unfortunately sometimes happen. That's why when people um, reach out to hospices, they need to make sure that it's a reputable hospice, that mm. it's registered under the organized body such as HPCA. Mm, mm, and if mm. that's the case, we don't, don't have the cases like that. We provide all our staff yeah. trained in palliative care, yeah. from the doctor to the home-based care. Uh, and uh, we basically provide really very, very um, um, high-quality care. Just to mention maybe to uh, for people to understand a little bit more about the standards. So those standards that we have been working for the last 15 years with COSASA on, mm-hmm. and so every four years the, the standards are accredited again and, and renewed to cover health organization management, patient care, ancillary um, uh, services and education and research. Mm. So practically, they cover everything. They cover all the aspects of care, from the governance uh, to clinical care. And they're really very strict. So um, our hospices have to go through that process to prove year by year that they still provide that high quality care. Yeah, you've said something important, and that is around the registration of these institutions. Um, Is there any sure way of of knowing whether the place that you're taking, you know, a patient to that says is a hospice, that they are actually accredited to do this work? Oh, absolutely. It's as easy as to go to our website, Hospice Palliative Care Association, mm-hmm. and see uh, there is a list of hospices. People can look and find the closest hospice to them, and they know whether this is our member organization hospice or there is some other hospice who doesn't have any credentials. 
All right. So it's very easy to check. Also, they can just call us and we mm. will check that for them. Okay. Uh, thank you so much for that, Ewa. I'm going to go to the WhatsApp line and take some of uh, the voice notes that our listeners are also sending in on this topic. Thank you. My name is Tamsang again here. I had to come in on this one. I want to congratulate that lady of uh, hospice, CEO lady. Uh, uh, to me, they are very, 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 very much good, very much better than any other institution like hospitals and whatever. What I would like to know from the lady is that do they get any assistance from the government? They are very, very, very good. I'll just tell you a sad story. Uh, uh, my cousin went there, were, were taken by them at Worcester, Worcester, Worcester. Uh, she stayed there with them more than three years she only passed away last week and we we, we never hoped that she's gonna live that much longer uh, they 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 are very much good i wish that if they are not assisted by the government i wish mm-hmm. that the government must assist them thank you kathy and thank you that to that uh, lady ceo hello good morning kathy you know the issue of um 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 you know, hospice is, is such a painful one. You know, I've actually lost two of my family members. And the last time, you know, I remember well, I wouldn't really like to mention the name of the hospice, but somewhere in Boxburg, you know, it was so painful, you know, to see my sister, you know, dying through cancer in, in such a, a, a horrific, painful manner, you know, where we had to go and, and actually try and look after her almost on a daily basis. You know, and and to our surprise, you know, we heard that the nurses were saying that she was smelling so bad, you know, they couldn't actually go into her her room, you know, the room where she was um, uh, allocated. And it was sad, you know, and uh, when she passed on, you know, I mean, you could see that, you know, they were, they were not really, they were, they were, they were, there was no remorse, there was nothing happening. So, I mean, I'm just saying that, you know, the issue of, of hospices, I think, is something that needs to be looked into. Thank yeah. you so much, Kathy Mbongeni. Thank you. Bye. Johannesburg. Yeah. Mbongeni, thank you so much for, for, for that voice note. And that's precisely why we're having this conversation, you know, to try and raise the, the level of, of awareness so that we as the public also know what kind of questions we should be asking when we are considering uh, these institutions of, of care for, for our loved ones. I'll get a response from Ewa after this. I'll also take a couple more of the voice notes that you're sharing with us. Hashtag SFM Talking Point. Well, thanks for staying with us on the Talking Point and also just sharing uh, some of the stories and experiences that you've had uh, with hospices in this country. And I think just also touching on some of the issues that uh, you've also experienced when engaging with uh, these organisations. Ewa, I'm going to be I'm, I'm going to bring you back into the conversation. I don't know. Do you, do you have any comments to some of the things that our listeners were saying? Sure. So first, I would like to comment on the first question of the gentleman that was uh, asking whether the government is supporting hospices. So uh, some of the hospices are supported by a local DOH, but unfortunately, very few. I have to say that in South Africa, we do have actually a national policy and framework on palliative care that have been introduced in 2018. But unfortunately, until now, we don't see the implementation of this uh, policy. And uh, the answer from, from uh, in fact, um, ministry is that this is because lack of funding. 
And so that's a very sad story because we we do have policy already in place. We just it's just not implemented. So that's the answer for that. The second thing I wanted to say, which is related to the topic, is that hospice does not discriminate. We do provide care for everybody, whether that someone can pay for that, contribute something to that care, or cannot pay anything. So we have some private patients from medical aids, very few, but majority of our patients actually are patients who receive care for free. And so our door is open to everybody. And I think that people need to know about it. it mm-hmm. And it is a fundamental uh, mission and vision of the organization always been like that. Mm-hmm. And that is not going to change. Um, Regarding the bad experience that, that the gentleman had, uh, I, I can't say anything because I don't even know if that is our hospice. As I say, there are organizations who are called hospice and uh, provide horrible care, and there are a lot of scams actually going on um, that people go from door to door and... Um, basically collect the money based on the fact that they're coming from the hospice South Africa. And uh, we try to really uh, work with the police and others to stop that, but it has been going on for quite a while. So we never go door to door ask for money. If mm. someone wants to donate, and can donate through our website. Mm. But um, as I say, I don't know which hospice he was particularly talking about, and unfortunately there are some who who gives the bad reputation and are not uh, our member organizations. Mm. Are there specific questions that, you know, we should be asking when we're considering palliative care to the hospices that perhaps we, you know, that we've shortlisted uh, as options? No, so I think, as I said, all our hospices, the ones that are members of Hospice Palliative Care Association, they all have to, uh, all are hospices of the high quality standards. They have to follow the standards, they have to have staff that is trained, and they have to have the multidisciplinary team. So it's not only a nurse, but it's a doctor, a nurse, a social worker, a counselor, spiritual counselor and then home-based care. So if you if you choose the hospice that is within uh, our organization, you can be sure that you will be provided with for high-quality care. Mm. Ewa, let me thank you so much for coming on to the show and for really helping us raise so much awareness around the issue of palliative care. Thank you very much. It was a pleasure talking to you. Ewa Skowronska is the CEO of the Hospice Palliative Care Association. An important conversation. Um, yeah, because as you heard, there are so many different scams uh, that take place. People that just start organizations uh, that are not meeting any safety standards. And uh, that certainly is uh, an important issue to raise awareness around, awareness around so that we're also, you know, we know the kind of questions that we should be asking asking. We know what we should be looking out for. So just listening to what Ewa has said, the the number of people that need to be in place, uh, you know, to, to take care of, of patients, that in itself already, uh, you know, is enough for, for us to ask different questions, especially if we're in a position where uh, we have to consider some of the palliative care options that are available.